This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. March is Italian month at Zupan's. Go to Zupan's.com and see some of the uh, exciting events going on, including tastings, dinners, specials on Italian wine. You're going to want to do that. And Chris, as we talk about it being Italian month, Zupan's always does a great job of upping your recipe game, whether it be via their website zupans.com or when you become a member of the news feed at zupans.com you'll often get sent very nice recipes for example coming up they sent out this great recipe for a vegetarian friendly pasta dish that will satisfy even those meat lovers like myself oh i might make this this weekend and of course court Everyone can find Zupans at their three locations, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, and also Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. What's up, Hi, Chris? Court. I, I heard a little echo there right at the beginning, and I'm going to call it to your attention, but just it's kind of appropriate because with this interview with Todd and Tamara Perman at Jandy Oyster Bar, we had a we had a quote unquote whale of a time. Mm. Getting it going yesterday in this windy weather out at the coast, uh, we had technical problems and had to pick it up in the afternoon. So, uh, so a little bit of an echo right up front, I guess is appropriate for this uh, episode because I'd rather hear that than what we had going in. Well, see, you're, you're hearing an echo, Chris, but I don't know if anybody else is. So, oh, so I'm hearing things is what you're saying. But I'm, I'm not. Your words, not mine, but but maybe. <laughs> Uh, oh, so um so how have you been i've been i've been good you know we got the shoot i almost man you and me talking about the weather but we we've got to talk about the weather because a it caused issues with your recording of this week's podcast and then just the amount of rain that was falling yesterday was just nuts so yeah. um well it, a little it's supposed to clear up yeah all right, and that has been our, our weather talk. Let's let's talk about something maybe more important, maybe more uh, like way funner than the weather, which is that you're going to Italy this year, and there's still room to go, right? Is funner a word now? This is something I, I never heard. I'm just I, curious. I, I I I was actually in honors English, Chris, but uh, I have no idea what I'm saying, uh, and I and I talk for a living. I know, but I'm just wondering if it. it you know, we know it's not proper English, but did it become a thing? Because well, I hear a lot of people say it, um, and if you're it, saying it, I know you're a very articulate man. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that's the case now. If you're too came a word. You're too kind, Kit. Uh, when we were kids, Chris, ain't wasn't a word, and now ain't is a word. So I, I think if you if you say it enough, it becomes a word. I just saw somewhere where someone used ain't, ain't. Oh, I know what I was watching. I was watching uh, the movie Lincoln, and uh, he used ain't a lot too. Yeah. So, uh, but that was back then. That was uh, a sure. long time ago. But you know, if you do the math for folks like us, you go back, and it's not very many generations that we get to Lincoln. So. It, time is pretty you know it, it is pretty interesting you bring that up because I've, I've been thinking a lot about this is you know and we see this shared the memes like people start sharing that the 
30 years ago or 30 30 years. Yeah. It's the third, it's the 30 years ago that like we're closer, like, uh, home alone coming out was closer to the moon landing than we are right now to whatever. Like, it's one of those things where like you start thinking about, you know, just the passage of time and it's, it does kind of freak you out a little bit, but, um, yeah, we're not, we're really not that far removed from, from, you know, from president Lincoln, from slavery, all these, you go back, I've been watching those documentaries on the sixties to seventies. That's a long time ago, 50 years. So, uh, and it doesn't, you know, there things were different then. But as long as we're on the topic, it just dawned on me while we're talking about timelines. And here we are, you know, you're a radio guy. And I used to be in sales at WPLR FM in New Haven. Uh, so today is March 1st, 2022, when we're recording this. Well, March 1st, 1992, there were a couple of things that stick in my mind. And one is my youngest son was born. So he's 30 today. My youngest is 30. So you talk about timelines. Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, I don't, it doesn't feel like it was long ago that I was 30. I was about 30 when I, when we had it. So there's that, but also you might find this interesting court. I don't know, but having worked in sales in New Haven, Connecticut at WPLR, there was a new, uh, morning team starting at KC 101 and it was Glenn and Pat in the morning. The Glenn was Glenn Beck. Uh, uh, March 1st, 1992, doing a yuck, yuck morning show. Yeah. That's his true background right there. <laughs> well, yep. there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, but, no, no, no. But, but it's something but you often yeah, don't think he about. Was not, he, we didn't know that he was, uh, you know, uh, political at the time. And right. I, I used to run into him at events and, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't talking about Clinton then. Maybe he was. Who knows? No, I'll but, bet you. Uh, I'll bet you this. Uh, this is how it went down, Chris. Is that uh, he? He found himself out of a job, and he was hunting around. And his agent, because at a certain level, you do have agents in radio. His agent was like, "Hey, what do you think? Do you think you could do a talk show?" He's like, "Yeah, I can do that." I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that is how it happened. Right. So. I guess he was leaning, at least leaning right at the time to decide to do that. But we all know that right wing radio got bigger ratings than left wing radio ever did. Oh, yeah. So, um, so anyway, I find that kind of interesting that that was, you go back and we, I didn't know who that guy was. We were just, of course, at, D- at PLR, we were thinking, oh, these guys can't compete with our guys, Smith and Barber, in the morning because we had the consummate talk show, but I mean, consummate morning show, but uh, it turned out to be a battle over the years and now everything's changed. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, that's that. And here we are in 2022 with our podcast and with the opening of Jandy Oyster Bar in in Tillamook. So uh, I've been, I found out about this place on our podcast um, a little less than a year ago when we introduced Jen from um, Recess and she told her her favorite places in Tillamook. So we're going to do a little pay it forward and and Tamara and Todd are going to tell us some of their other favorite places other than Recess in uh, Tillamook. But before we do that, Court, what do I want to do? Well, we were going to we were going to chat briefly about uh, you heading off to Italy this year. And, uh, and invite people along and tell people how they can go with you. Yeah, we're going to Western Sicily. Thank you. In September, 
Um, and we have a great trip and we have room for you. We're sold out to Spain with the folks from Urdaneta, but we, Portland Food Adventures has room for folks on our Western Sicily trip, which will cover Palermo, Erice, Agrigento, and way more. You can find that information on portlandfoodadventures.com. And we also have two trips that haven't yet been promoted by my, uh, the chefs that we partnered with to do the trips to the Snake River one uh, anyone may have listened to our um, interview w- with George and Lynette Hauptman a couple of weeks ago from Canyon Outfitters. Well, we're bringing Leaf Gildersleeve from um, Flying Fish Company out on the river. And also, I'm really excited that once again, Jonathan Gill, the most skilled kayaker to ever hit the Snake River and also an extremely skilled chef from Ringside Steakhouse. That'll be in August, August 21st. And uh, the Flying Fish with Leaf and his chef Eric Englund trip will be July 17th. We have room for that. So get in touch with me via the form at portlandfoodadventures.com after you look at the exciting itinerary, which includes pricing too. So thank you. Thank you, Chris and Court, for prompting me on that because we want to, you know, it's a public service announcement. We want people to have the best possible experiences. And those are two of the best ones I could imagine for anybody coming up who wants to travel. And one is simple, a drive out to the Snake River. And the other one is to Italy to get get your travel on again, your international travel on again. So, um, so we hope people join us. Also, since everyone's already joined us, Uh, I really enjoyed this interview with Todd and Tamara. As I said, it started out a little rocky and, uh, and we had to re-record, start re-recording, uh, a little later in the afternoon and it came out great. I also found out that their grand opening, their official grand opening is March 19th out in Tillamook on South Prairie Road. Um, just look up Jandy, J-A-N-D-Y, Oyster Company, and check that out. If you don't want to go to the grand opening, go any other time, and it's really a spectacular experience. Fresh oysters from Neatarts Bay, and they're done. They're uh, prepared a variety of ways from from, uh, fresh raw oysters to uh, a number of preparations that they'll talk about on the podcast, so listen to that. no more chat. Let's get right into it with Todd and Tamara Perman of Jandy Oyster Company. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily, Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the trips tab at portlandfoodadventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast. 
So do you mind if we just kind of start all over again and I ask? No, we got about an hour. Okay, so. good. Thank you. And I, so you've blocked out two hours already. Um, well, you know our rate, right? Yeah, your, your rate is a cup. Your <laughs> rate is my buying a bunch of po' boys. Um, I th- your my rate is two twenty five an hour. Two twenty five an hour. I have a law degree. Hold you know. on, I'll be right back. I got to text court to see if we're good with this. Do you have a well, we got do you court. Have a law? No court, my court, C O R T. Do you, do you have a law degree too? No, but I paid for a couple of them. And why didn't you use them? <clears throat> I I had to have attorneys to to represent me during my career as a logger. Was it was it with relation to your logging, or was it just what you were doing oh, after hours? No, it was relation to my logging. Oh, <clears throat> every job that we went on, we had we practically had to have an attorney on retainer. Really? Why is that? No, we did big jobs. We did uh, the wafer tech project. I don't know what that is. What's a wafer tech project? That was the that was up in Camas. It was the largest continuous pour of concrete in the United States back in 2000. And we did all the logging and land clearing for it. So, I mean, we did, I mean, we had to have attorney's advice and then we also did land development too. Wow. So, but I, I'm so. guessing you're glad not to be doing that and just out on Neetarts Bay now and at your, at your oyster bar and restaurant. You know, I really, I really miss the timber industry. That was my, I mean, I was, it, it, once it gets in your blood, it's always in your blood. And now I, I, I meet the loggers down at my restaurant, and I love being out of it. <laughs> you, uh, I'm sure there's a few stories. I've been watching Big Timber on Hulu, I think it is. I don't know what it is. But is have you watched that at all? I assume you don't need to. No. Or you don't want to. No, I don't believe in – those shows aren't real. Yeah, though well, that's what my question those was going to be is how, how close to reality is that? They're not. Yeah. We're into Gordon Ramsay right now. Yeah, we're watching Gordon Ramsay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be like Gordon pretty and, soon. And which Gordon are you watching? Because there's a few. Hell, Hell's Kitchen? Uh, hell in 24 hours. 24 hours to Hell and Back. Oh, I think I... No, I I was just watching another Gordon Ramsay. Oh, when he was trying to be Anthony Bourdain, going around the world and meeting with chefs or the country. So I was I just yeah. watched that one recently. Um yeah. Well, um, I hope you have a visit from somebody cool to Jandy so they can do their thing on what you're doing. Would you Would you accept Guy Fieri in the in the house? Oh, yeah. Who? <laughs> Who? Okay. So listen, I have a lot I, of. I'm hoping for George Strait to come and sing. That's what I'm. Okay. For. Well, we'll put this out there. We have such a vast audience. <laughs> okay. He may hear it. Who knows? But listen, I. Um, I really appreciate that, that you're back again. We it was a rocky start, but I found in life those things that are a little bit rocky to start end up being fantastic. However, and as a preamble, I've had nothing but good experiences at Jandy, so it wasn't a rocky start there. So why don't we talk a little bit about Jandy, um, Tamara? You you gave us a nice little overview this morning. I'd like our listeners. To hear what Jandy is all about. <clears throat> Are you recording? Yeah, now? I've been recording. We're we're gonna this whole yes, time. This whole time. And, and, we invited George. The good thing is, I'll tell you what. I wanted to just chit <laughs> chat a little bit to see if we actually had 
this working for a change. And so we, we've gotten through four minutes and 12 seconds without a blip. So let's keep going. So are you going to cut this part out of all the, the I'm previous cutting stuff? nothing out. You didn't say, did you say anything that, that you think is going to get you in legal trouble? I don't yeah, think so. No. <clears throat> it's supposed to be a conversation anyway. So, okay. So are you showing the pictures too? No, you, you, you think I want anybody to see me right now? No, oh, pictures aren't showing, but me. I'll tell you this. You look way better. Just your transmission. You look like you were broadcasting from the moon this morning. So now it's clear. Oh, so right. I assume we've got <laughs> full good. speed ahead with recording this podcast. Okay. All right. So Tamara, tell All us right. a little bit about Jandy. And I, if you can do 90% as good a job as you did this morning, I'll be happy. <laughs> Well, Todd and I's path, um, paths only crossed within the last few years. And when he introduced himself to me at church as a oyster farmer, I thought, hmm, what's an oyster farmer? Because I grew up in the Texas Panhandle in a beef ranch. And um, the Northwest has just been such a, a draw for me from a food standpoint and from the beauty of the area. And when you pull all those together in a gathering place, that was our vision. So as we began to get to know each other better and um, you know, ultimately were married a little over a year ago. Congratulations. The, the vision. Thank I'm you. I'm getting through a year. Um, That's good. This year, especially this year. What a year it's been. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So wait, wait. I have to um, interrupt you. How did you meet? How did, how, did a, how did a former Texas rancher and an oyster farmer meet in the Tillamook area? So I came here, and I still work at the, the Tillamook Creamery in the, the corporate office, but we went to church together, and um, Todd introduced himself to me as a famous badass oyster farmer. You know, you already covered that. That's the kind of listener I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, I thought, that's not farming. What are you talking about? So just like Todd mentioned that Neetarks Bay was a complete mystery to him until moving here, to be able to do some more um, research and understand the bay itself and the full ocean flush every tide and just the beauty of it. Um, I moved up here for a brand that was beautiful and um, you know local, and that's Tillamook Cheese. And getting back to a rural agricultural area was a big draw for me um, to find out that aquaculture is a real thing and in the most sustainable industry I've ever been involved with. It's amazing. My first oyster was actually standing on the, the farm out in the bay. Um, Todd had a, a knife and, and lemon and hot sauce and opened me up one and I was hooked. So... As we talked more to showcase that beauty of local, fresh, and um, seafood at a reasonable price and become a gathering place for the community, we never, we never, well, I never imagined what, what ended up happening. But when Hidden Eight, when we began to realize we outgrew the shop at, and the center of town at 7th and Ivy, um, and Hidden Acres came up for sale, it, it really was quite magical because it was a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit for the gathering place inside, already having the kitchen, having a fire pit that was used as a plant stand and then greenhouses and, and the possibilities are really 
Um, it's just a matter of being creative at this point. That big, nice open lawn, um, after we get rid of the moles, will be nice <laughs> to, for hanging out and, and spending the summer just enjoying the beauty. And we've got um, cows across the road and um, and parking. It's easy to park, right? And it is easy to park on the weekends. There's a little bit of space across the street, too. <laughs> Um, but it has been, it's been wonderful. So they have a, a really seafood centered menu. We're beginning to pull in a few other options. Um, it's amazing that there are some people who prefer something other than seafood. Um, and then we've found that people, um, one way or another, the plants and the nursery and the ambiance, whether you like seafood or not, is a nice draw. So your group has, has something um, to enjoy. And your preparation is fantastic too. So you've got not only raw oysters, but you've got some excellent cooked options and some specials every day. So um, I have had nothing but high praise for what you've done and your old location. And now I'm an atmosphere guy. So this new, lo- not that there was anything wrong with the old spot. It had a lot of charm. But this place, uh, inside and out, is pretty cool. So, and who, Thank so, you. Um, yeah, you had, a, you had a menu ready to go, I would imagine. Um, so who, who developed that whole thing? <clears throat> well, I did most of the development on the menu. Um, we kind of started here at the shop just, just messing with it a little bit. And then we've started to grow the menu and trying to do different things. Um, one of the things that one of the twists that we started um, – for Saturdays only is we do what we call the Krabby Jacob and that's a barbecued uh, a dozen barbecued oysters with butter garlic green onion and bacon and we top it with fresh Dungeness crab and Havarti cheese Mm. and we barbecue that on the barbecue for about 10-15 minutes and that just that's our special on Saturday and then this last week we started a cuterie board which is smoked oysters, smoked scallops, and smoked fish with different cheeses that are local to the area. Mistucka Bay Creamery and, and Tillamook cheese. And then, you're, of course, You're doing your meat. best to get that cheese in there because usually cheese and seafood is not a mix. <laughs> so. It's not a mix, but it's a... I, I started using Havarti on my crab sandwiches, and people thought it was crazy. Okay. Because you don't put Havarti well, yeah, you, you when, put cheese on. Well, yeah, because when you mentioned your special, I was just about to say, can we do that without the Havarti? Because I'm sure that's delicious with and without the Havarti. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. And so you mentioned earlier um, uh, reasonably priced. I have noticed, and I'm not – I've noticed you're very reasonably priced, but outside of that, when I've gone to order oysters, you know, when I first started eating oysters a few years ago, they were like a buck and a quarter each, and now I'm seeing them for three up to four. Um, has the cost of farming, the cost of oysters uh, gone up? Oh, yes. Everything. It, the one thing about Neetarts is that the other bays don't have is Neetarts Bay is the cleanest estuary in the state of Oregon and we're going to keep it that way so there is no such thing as mechanical harvesting in Neetarts Bay everything we have to do is on our hands and knees so your labor costs have gone up um, just in the last few years but the price of fuel 
with the price of fuel going up, it just tri- it's just trickling down. We buy uh, containers for our shuck product, and they've gone up about 30% already. And we're not even sure we're going to be able to get them because they're going to come out of Canada. That's where our big half-gallon containers come from is out of Canada. Mm-hmm. And luckily, before the pandemic, we, we bought eight cases of them, which is about 1,600 uh, containers. So we had quite a few to get through the pandemic. And uh, now through the times that are going on now, hopefully we'll have enough to get through until we get some more. What other mines? But yeah, the what other uh, mines are you hurt trying to hurdle um, in terms of business? How's how is labor availability in in Tillamook County? I know there's a big housing shortage for people who make a reasonable wage to live up and down the coast now. And that was something that really wasn't an issue five years ago, but it's really come to light recently. We have, we have issues with uh, trying to get employees to come to work. We have our core team that we've had for uh, most everybody that's with us have been with us over a year. And um, so that's basically our core. We just hired a new cook. Um, he doesn't like to be called a chef. He likes to be called a cook. Does that <clears throat> take the pressure really off of him? Doing. No, because I get to, I harass him all the time. Because <laughs> I, I went to school to be a chef, and so I, I know what he's got to get done to get it all accomplished. And I just like to go by and harass him when mm-hmm. I see him. But he's doing a really good job, and he's bringing new ideas. Um, he fine-tuned our clam chowder, and it is it is insane right now. It's very good. We yeah. just, we took a, a lot of that to go the other day, and uh, it has sustained us through quite a few days. We're now done with it. We need a restock. <laughs> <laughs> One thing from a from a team standpoint, the cross training and. Um, Helping everyone to learn every job as much as possible is is a big win. And the more that people know about the bay operation, they can talk about it in the restaurant and and um, especially the, the the team that works on the bay also works in the restaurant. And it's a, a really cool situation. But it's also why right now we're only open three days a week. We're hoping to get um, get a little bit more under our belt soon. What would be the first day that you open? And I ask that selfishly because um, we've been quite a few times we've wanted to go on a Sunday and eh, not open. Oh. So <laughs> is that going to happen? Is that something that we might? No. Okay. And why is that? We're you need, you need the day off. You're going to church, it sounds like, and you need the day off. Yep. And my team needs the day off. <clears throat> Carlos and Tom and I usually work uh, six days a week. And that's a guarantee if, that we're going to be, we're going to have that day off. So I want to know how you went from. So did you did you grow up in Tillamook County? Yeah. Me. No, I grew up in the Columbia River Gorge. Oh, okay. So you made your way out here. How did you uh, decide to go to culinary school, and then that must not something another opportunity either came up or that must not have worked out or been what you liked what how did how did that progress well i went to two years of, of culinary school and was accepted 17th in the united states to the culinary institute of america oh a little cia and action never i went and visited but 
I couldn't. I got a job offer from White and Zumstein and stayed with them for two years and started my own logging company in 1989. You don't look like you I were logging in 1989. I think the secret is cutting that hair short. You can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought we were getting into some nicer weather. Yeah. Well, you. We I don't get, know if you're I'm, like me, but you got to wear a hat. Almost not today. Not in days like today. But anytime the sun's out, must have a hat. So. Yeah. So his barber's very efficient. She doesn't like to do it very often. So we go <laughs> short. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks good. So, but I, but I had no idea you were logging in 1989, and that that'll age you too, right? That's not an easy industry. Yeah. So, uh, you. Uh, talked earlier about um, how how you're glad not to be there. What don't you miss the most about it? Um, I don't miss the broken back or the broken head. Or it was it's a, it's a tough business. I mean, I in 2007 I was hit by a log and it almost killed me. And uh, I decided back then that I want something different. And and that's 2010 when I met uh, Brian Trusty from um, Neatarts Bay Oyster Company. Well, I would imagine, you yeah, know, I've hit out. my head on shelves before. Getting hit by a log would have to be the ultimate shock, right? Because it's always a shock. Did you see it coming? Well, yeah, I saw the guy's eyes before he hit me. Oh, man. We were looking at each other straight on and... But he hit me in the back and broke five bones in my oh. back. But being the 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 difference between logging and oyster farming, there's not a lot of difference, except one's on the water and one's on the land. But one thing that's different is people enjoy meeting oyster farmers, and people enjoy meeting farmers because it's. I really think that people want to know where their food comes from. And when you can meet somebody on the dock and shuck an oyster for them and, you know, it's the best thing in the world when they just like, I've never had something that fresh. Or we take people out on the farm and show them the farm and we don't do the hot sauce with them. But <laughs> why, not, why not? Why not? You did it. It worked once. You've got Tamara sitting there next to you now. She fell in love with the hot sauce. You need to do it again. Well, I don't need to do it again. <laughs> Oh, that. Okay. Well, just just for come on, Chris. Well, I meant the general public, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna. You don't want to wow people. I mean, you're in the hospitality industry, so that makes a lot of sense. And I would imagine, conversely, uh, there's a little bit of a stigma that goes with logging. Yes, yes. There's a lot of people that don't like loggers. Uh and they don't like people getting their trees cut down. Is that you think so? You think there are people in Portland that maybe don't like trees getting having seeing trees cut down? Have you seen Portland lately? <laughs> I have. There's hardly any trees left there. I don't know. I don't Maybe they do like it. Yeah, no. I would imagine that would be tough and that's a huge uh that's a huge contrast for you to feel We did we did stuff like uh uh log the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, we we did a lot. We did mostly private timber, so we logged for an individual instead of a company or for the state. And it, it I, I really enjoyed my job because we were good at what we did. But farming is so much different because 
you're on the farm where I'm at nobody can get to me unless they come by boat normally they don't walk out to visit <clears throat> and when they do it's kind of it's kind of frustrating at first because you know we own 50 acres of ground out there and they'll walk right through a bed of babies but by the time they leave we're really good friends because we've educated them on how oysters grow and more more than likely we've given them raw oysters right there on the the farm to taste them you know so it's it, it it's a it's a really good job it's a um except like days today is not good it's not does that have to do with this podcast is that what you're talking about or no the 60 mile an hour winds blowing out there we had oysters you were talking earlier about how we're going to get the restaurant taken care of for the week well we have oysters that we set up for emergency like Mm -hmm. this when we can't harvest we can go out on a break and get them and they're probably blown halfway across the bay now wow so, what is this? What is the state of the oyster habitat in the Pacific Northwest or Oregon or Neatarts Bay? I know we had some alarms if, over the last couple of years as to what was going on um, in terms of susta- sustainability. Is that, are those still issues, or are you looking pretty good out there? Our farm is looking really good right now. We went through a pretty rough time here two years ago, where we lost a, a large bed. Um, but right now our farm is looking really good and plus we are farming another guy's farm we're helping him uh, harvest his oysters uh, one thing that i've been reading about now is the european green crab and that's going to be an issue i think i think that's our next invasive species our farm has every type of invasive species known to oysters uh, we have drill snail we have starfish um, we have red rock crab and we have shrimp. So all four of those are, don't help our oysters grow. The drill snail eats seven oysters a day. Um, the starfish will kill an oyster and eat it. What the shrimp The shrimp pump up, the, the shrimp are really good, but they'll sink the babies. They drill holes in the ground, and they, um, they'll actually sink the little ones. So you lose part of your harvest there. Hmm. But, uh, but on the other hand, the shrimp put a lot of nutrient into the water, and that helps our oysters grow faster. So you just have to teach them to do good stuff and not the bad stuff. Yeah, that's what we're working on. <laughs> and they're, hey, they're I'm not necessarily oysters, but you know the clams and the shrimp on a pizza together are good too. So um, Put smoked oysters on there. On the pizza too. I, I I wanted to mention before we stop this. I did have your clams last night on a salmonberry saloon white clam pizza. Anybody who listens to this podcast know that as soon as I see the word white clam pizza, I'm ordering it immediately, which I did last night. They were delicious. <laughs> There's still two slices that are that are going to be heated up right after we finish this. So nice. so it was nice to do. So are, are you harvesting clams out there too? Or do those come from no. elsewhere? I'm sorry for being they for come. my ignorance. Pardon my ignorance. I just want to eat it. Um, but they come, where do they come from? Willapaw. Okay, so you're bringing those down, and those are on the yep. menu too, which are delicious. Yes. as well. So, what do you foresee? Does it look 
pretty good. You've got you've you've weathered quite a few mines over the past few years in terms of COVID and moving and uh, some weather and sustainability issues. Does it all look good going forward? Yeah, it looks really good. I I, I can't say for sure what's going to happen. Like nobody can, but uh, going through COVID, that was. It was, it was, uh, I hate to say it, but it was actually, it was good for us. Um, Hillsboro Seafood came on just at a perfect time and bought a whole bunch of oysters from us. And they got us, they basically got us through the toughest part of COVID. Mm -hmm. The ability to pivot um, from wholesale and retail and ultimately the restaurant, um, that's the beauty of, of being um, farm to table. Mm -hmm. I like to call it um, bay to bar now with the, the raw bar. But you can at least kind of take those, whatever it is that's coming at you at the time and, and pivot to that. And that was a big change. There was a moment where we were kind of worried that next week we just might not be open. But then the no, we sat, came around. We sat down with the crew and said, this is it. If something doesn't happen this week, we're done. And we'll just work on the farm and and that was it, that's when Hillsborough Seafood called us and said, Hey, we want they started out wanting like a hundred and fifty dozen. And we we were selling them up to five hundred dozen a week. Wow. So that really was a big And thing. do you have do you have commercial accounts in uh around the area and into Portland that you service? We do we're doing a little bit um right now. We're starting, uh, we're selling a little bit to uh, Northwest Northwest Fresh Seafood in Newburgh. Mm -hmm. We're selling a little bit to them. Um, as we start getting more stuff and the weather starts getting a little bit better, we can get more stuff. Going through the winter, it's tough because we're picking on a low tide that's up to your armpits. Right. So we're not taking on a lot right now, but as soon as the weather starts turning, we've had a lot of requests from wineries that want to get oysters from us and actually do uh, wine tasting pairing with them. Uh, hopefully we can find some more people to help us. Well, I've noticed um, that my perception of Neatarts Bay oysters in the past were that they were huge and meaty and i've had some of yours that are nice and beautiful and delicate and what what is the difference between those that i was used to in the past and these or you you, you don't know where i was getting them i don't know if you were eating etarts bay oysters that were huge i have some but it's not common because there's not a lot of food in etarts bay um and it's been said more than once that if you want to if you want the a huge oyster, you're going to have to go to Willapaw to get them. Okay. Um, Maybe there was an impression our, that some restaurants around the area were serving local and they weren't. That's possible. That's possible. But the age of the oyster, I mean, they, um, they're still all Pacifics. And even like our mediums that are six or seven inches, um, the shells. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a matter of the age of the oyster. But if there's... You know, there's a couple of restaurants that you ate at Schooner four four years ago. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking of, and I'm thinking of Mo. Yeah, I'm thinking were, of Mo's down in Newport. 
Well, the schooner was the size of a... This guy told me, he says, I saw one of your oysters. It's the size of a chicken fried steak. And I'm like, well, that's what Tommy wants. Yeah. So you're giving him so the big Tommy, ones. Tommy wanted the bigger ones for frying. And Rendezvous here in Tillamook, they want the biggest ones we can get for frying. Okay. So we have to go to a, a, an older bed to get oysters for... Well, then ones. that explains it. There's the mystery solved. Yeah. That I because yeah. I used to talk talk about the virtues of the neat tarts based salad at the schooner. I used to drive down from Manzanita yep. just for that. So um, that's what I was thinking of. And yes, at Moe's, I think down in Newport, I've had some ridiculously large um, oysters to the point where it's like I don't like them as much. So. Um, but those those, weren't, those weren't yours. Yes, exactly. And I would expect to hear that. And that was a long time ago too. So it's been a while. Um, so what do you two? Uh, do you have some time to yourself? You're very busy. You got a new business. Do you have time to enjoy yourselves around the area? Well, we're also raising eleven year old. So no, we have no free time. That's easy. That's nothing. <laughs> Our uh, yeah, it's nothing. You're right. Yeah. I ra- hey, um, I raised two time. by myself, so I see two two healthy folks there who are very intelligent nice. and have. Listen, you both have a good sense of humor or good senses of humor. Um, I can tell, and it takes that to raise an eleven year old. I think. Well, well, he's the he's the namesake of the company, but you know he's he's getting way too big for his britches. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be the the guy that would carry your grocery your order right. out. Now he stands back in the kitchen and dries dishes and expects to get that's paid. That's because that. he's been hearing you give shit to your chef, and that's what he wants to do. He's learning. <laughs> that's what he stands back there for. Exactly. He just wants to hear what I got to say to Lee. Exactly. So I think, and you know, eleven years old, man, it has not hit you yet. I uh, we're celebrating uh, tomorrow. My son's, my youngest's 30th birthday, and I will say nice. 11 was great. 12 yeah. and 13, <laughs> the dark days started coming. So uh, not only are you going to be dealing with days like this with oysters, but uh, with your son, too. Chris, we are going to pause here a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, a uh, Portland institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, and uh, 78 years, I understand now, and it was the 75th pre-pandemic, and now, boy, that, that time went fast. 78 years, we should cover the necessary particulars about what they're doing now. They're offering indoor dining and uh, heated and covered outdoor dining, and they're also doing to-go, which I want to talk about in a second, but also they're doing seating in the bar as though it was the restaurant, so that beautiful bar that they just rented a few years ago is now kind of part of the dining room but it's it's got a cool vibe to it so um so all sorts of the hours are uh, four to nine on weekends or four to nine thirty on saturday actually four thirty to nine thirty on friday five to nine wednesday and thursday so they're closed now on monday and tuesday although if you check in sometimes they will be open on tuesday um and also, if you call an hour and a ahead, you can get to go, your food to go. I just did a party with 10 people at my house. Ringside provided 
all the food, and it was spectacular. We had New York stri- boneless New York strip steaks, which were easy for me to do on the grill, and then slice up. The mashed potatoes, all sous vide, were fantastic. We got ingredients for salad, hazelnuts, two types of dressing, green beans, uh, and oh, lobster tails as well. And uh, it was really easy to do. And also for dessert, very simple, some of the best toffee you're ever going to have. You just throw that on a plate and it's all good. So we were looking for something that was less work intensive and ringside provided it. It's very nice. So whether it be for a special occasion like Valentine's Day, and we should recommend get those reservations made right away, or a special occasion happening at your place, Ringside Steakhouse has you covered. Yeah, and you can find them on Open Table or at ringsidesteakhouse.com for reservations, or you can call them at 503-223-1513. That's 223-1513 for reservations and uh, to order something to go. Explain the namesake. How did have? I, I was curious about the name when I first stopped in, when I first heard about you from Jen at Recess. Um, I was curious about Jandy. I just figured, I thought it was actually pronounced J-N-D-Y. But if you look at it, it's capital J-A, lowercase n-d-y. So give us an explanation. So Jacob, yeah. J, J is for Jacob. His middle name is Andrew. That's where the Andy comes from. Okay. So the company's named after him. Way better idea than naming uh, someone after one spouse, right? Because that can change. Yeah. But your your son right. is always going to be around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to name the dog after the kid too. Right, or you can or a, a tattoo. A tattoo can be a kid, but I yeah. ne- I don't necessarily recommend that as a uh, significant other. But uh, so art. Going back to the question about the free time, this is our free time day. And I'm using it up. We're spending it with you. No. We leave We leave on Sunday. <clears throat> we drive to Tumalo Fee Company, have Rocky Mountain oysters and steak, stay at the Best Western, come back the next day. That's our that's our vacation and you do. Where's that? Where are you going? I'm sorry. I kind of missed where that... Tumalo Fee Company. Where's that? Uh, just outside of Sisters, halfway between Sisters and oh, Ben. Oh, Nice. It's a big. It's a really nice steakhouse over there, in Central Oregon. All right. Well, I have. Uh, we have a, a friend building a steakhouse down there. Rancher butcher chef. That's coming up in Bend. The gentleman. Oh, really? I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Toro Bravo and all the tasty restaurants in Portland. That's where they are right now. They're rebuilding. So. Oh, okay. Um, well, and look. Locally, um, Jacob's favorite food is is cheeseburgers. So it's Warner Beef and Brew and, and Recess Burgers. I haven't even heard of Warner Beef and Brew. See, this is why yeah. I do this, so it's I can a- expand my horizons just through the podcast. And I'm hoping other people can too. Where is Warner Beef and Brew? It's on Third Street, Tillamook, um, in yeah. Tillamook. It's where the big American flag is flying. Uh huh. You can see it from all over Tillamook, the big, huge flag. Okay. Well, that's Warner Beef and Brew. Okay. And there you are. They're a good family-owned business. They're really great people. Um, we know they've all got, the kids. Yeah, they've got a restaurant, and they um, also have packaged meats and snacks. Oh, good. 
and they brew their own beer. It's fantastic. Good to know. And yes, we mentioned uh, Recess because she's the one who turned me on to you. Without Jen, yep. we wouldn't know about you. <laughs> I'm Not yet, anyway. I may have found out, but that was... But Recess is wonderful, and I like stopping by there. Um, the burgers are fantastic, and I particularly, I think she thinks I'm a little odd that I order the hot dogs there, but I think that her hot dog is great with the fries. Great fries at Recess. Well, yeah. if they bail us out, if we're out of things, they um, often will, will um, share, so that's quite nice. Yeah, they're... We run out of containers. Uh, that's Jacob. Jacob's go-to. He gets out of school at noon on Friday. He goes to recess. It's the funniest thing. Yep, and he goes to recess. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. He'll call from my pickup phone, the phone in the pickup, and he'll call and they'll answer, hey, Jacob, what are you doing today? And it's like, what am I, top liver? <laughs> she says I am. When I get there, she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And also, speaking <laughs> of names, I thought recess. I passed it by for a few years. Because I thought it was like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grilled cheese because it was called recess. <laughs> but no, it's called recess because it's people have a good time at recess. And so that's what they wanted to convey there. Are there any other spots? You mentioned the schooner. I don't know if that's someplace you go. Um, any other spots that you recommend in the area? Um, River House, Nostaka. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Have you, have you been no, there? No, but I pass it quite often. I don't even know where it is, but I pass it. Very Nostoka. nice. It's down in Pacific uh, Pacific City on Broughton Road. Okay. And then uh, another one is Sportsman's Pub and Grub. In Pacific City. In, in Pacific City, yeah. All right. Good. Well, I my girlfriend lives in Salem, so we're doing the 101 down to I – I like to take 103 over to 22. There's nothing there uh, on the way, I don't think. And that's why on Sundays we're always thinking, mm, but may, I, you know, we have to find something else in the meanwhile. But we've, we've made the trip specifically on Saturdays to, uh, to come Thank down. Thank you. So, no, it's great. And um, I have to say there are a few things that um, I feel embody the Oregon experience, right? I just met some folks who do canyon outfitters who do trips on the snake river i always thought plate and pitchfork the uh, farm dinners were something that everybody who live in oregon needs to do and i'm gonna add jandy to that list and i'm not just saying that i believe it's so delicious and so great and there's nothing but i i there was a time when i didn't live out here when i did a lot of day trips out to the coast because there's nothing. There's no better way to chill out than get get out of Portland, and maybe especially now, get out of Portland and go experience the coast. And where you can taste the coast at your restaurant, so it's just so delicious. And I have to say, um, you know, oysters. Everybody has a different uh, their impressions of oysters. I was out there the other day when it was that one sunny day, Tamara, when we came in, yeah. and yeah. I said to Renee, this is just like, it just couldn't be better than this, sitting out here on this beautiful day with you there, with your, you know, just the hospitality that you offer and those oysters, fantastic. So, um, thank you. No, I appreciate what you're doing there, and I'm really glad for places like Recess, and I'm glad for the podcast, because I 
might not necessarily have learned about you when I did. <laughs> so, um, so is your son? It looks, it sounds as though your dream would be for your son to take over the business someday. Is that something that you care? I mean, you wouldn't have named it after him if you didn't care about that. No, it's not. He, him, and I were out on the bay one day, and I was showing him the farm. And you know, one day I, I told him, I said, one day you're going to own all this. And he looked me straight in the eye and he says, Dad, I'll sell it. <laughs> really? At what age was he that he said that? That was just, what, six or seven? Seven oh years my old? God. And, and, and he wants yeah. to be a professional YouTuber. <laughs> oh, that is... What if you'd become a YouTuber? Come on. Who? <laughs> me? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, look look. Look at all the wonderful. Chris, I couldn't have got this done without Tamara being what? here. There's no way I can My do YouTube. Point is, what the fuck is a YouTuber? And by the way, the fact <laughs> the fact that they're they exist, and I know I watch some of them, but it just it's not. I don't know. Crap! He was telling me about how I needed to buy bitcoins. Well, we'll have to save this, and and when he's our age and we're long gone. <laughs> It'll be interesting to find out what he is. <laughs> and what he's YouTubing. See, that's the thing. I watch. Yeah. I watch. Um, so I have a couple of obsessions, which would be, you know, I like cars. So I watch Doug DeMuro and I like watches. So I watch those guys. And I understand they're driving Ferraris now from doing YouTube. So I guess I can understand where Jacob would want to do that. But just as to me, as an. Well, you know, I majored in communications, and I wanted to be doing television. So I guess that's that's the manifestation of it now, right? I shouldn't be cr criticizing it, but I just feel like there's so much emptiness in someone who wants to make a buck doing that. What you do is, I mean, every dollar you make, you've sweated for, right? You've earned yeah, it, you've yeah. And that's 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 one of the things that's not really hanging around in this country anymore. It's easy, you know, it's like we're trying to figure out where everybody's working. Yeah, well, and and the people who aren't employed now, they're not taking jobs. Yeah, what are they doing? What were all the people what in the industry? Doing? Where are they now? Um, everybody, call in, speak up. If you used to be in the industry, we want to know where what you're doing now. That, nice, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> you know, yeah. I used to be yeah. I used to be a cook, and now what am I? But um, yeah, and I know. Out here, I see on Facebook a lot people coming out here, Tillamook specifically for jobs. They can't find a place to live, um, so I don't know. I don't know what everybody is doing. You look at Manzanita; they don't. The pizza place doesn't have a dining room anymore because people can't afford. They don't. They can't get enough staff to work there. Look at Salmonberry; is not what it used to be. It's a different model there. But I think they're going back to what they used to be. Uh, yeah, probably at some point. Towards the end of the month. Yeah, talk about pivoting. Boy, yeah. they've been pivoting a lot. I think our future is young people that do want to get back in the game or, or, or start you know, working. They can learn anything. So I, I think that will be some of the future. So I've asked the question here on the podcast about the work ethic of – some of the people in the industry and I'm, I'm skewing a little younger. And what I find pretty interesting is I get different answers privately than I do here publicly on the pod podcast, because most of the people I have in the podcast 
you know, they have to be politically correct, I think. But so do you have any impressions on the work ethic of, you know, and I say this, Tamara, because you were saying they're the future of the industry. Yeah. Do do they have the work ethic that it takes to go out on the bay and harvest oysters every day in shitty weather? I think that, you know, one thing that's in our favor in a small agricultural community is coming from families that they've seen that. Mm -hmm. And they've seen um, the value. It is not as prevalent. And you'll you'll hear it, you know, even from your other you know, farming families that that, that ne- next generation, you know, they want to go do something else. My hometown in Texas is also agricultural community, but they're beginning to see some of the young people in the next generation leave and come back mm-hmm. and realize, you know, how, how special it is. So I think it's too, I think the generational diversity, like knowing that you were raised in an environment where work ethic was important. And even if you, you know, leave that and, you know, come back for whatever reason, that there's somebody that you can partner up with that can hold you accountable for continuing to have a good work ethic and feel good about it. Because we, we all work hard and we have fun together as a group, but some days we're tired by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and I... Th- yeah, we have a... Go ahead. I'm sorry. We have a 19-year-old that's working... Uh, is he turned 20? I don't think he turned 20 yet. No. He's a great kid. Yeah. He, yeah. He started out, and yeah. I thought, boy, this kid is not going to make it back <laughs> to the dark. He's going to listen to this. <laughs> I don't care. Well, he's a great, yeah. said he's a great kid, so that's good. He yeah. is a great kid, but when he started with me, he was he had a smart mouth, and I thought, oh, boy, we're going to leave him on the bay. I can feel this coming. I, I kind of think that that is, you know, having spoken with a lot of people in kitchens before, that is, you're going to start out that way a lot and hope that someone turns around. But I will tell you, you know, where you mentioned, Tamara, about people wanting to leave or stay, you know, years ago, we didn't have the media that we have now that showed, that had the rest of the world exposed. And, you know, when I grew up, uh, everybody wanted, you know, people didn't want to stick around. They all wanted to go out and do something differently. But now, they not only do they see what's going on elsewhere in big cities or bigger cities, but they see YouTubers out there with a million followers. And it's not only the money, it's the, holy shit, I could have a million people watching me right yeah. now. Um, that's got to yeah. be a draw for a lot of kids. Instant fame. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's, I left the farm as an 18-year-old, and I had done nothing but work on the farm growing up um, and wanted to you know, explore and do something else and end up right back in a, a farming community. So well, maybe that's, it just takes time. It's also because that's what you were used to, and that's what felt yep. comfortable to you. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot where people see all this quote-unquote glamour, and it looks a little better than the routine yeah. that they've lived through um, on and off. But who no, knows? You, I think, I think you want to see glamor come out to the Bay with us. I'll show you glamor. <laughs> I want to come out, you know, and I'm, I'm friends with leaf um, and also Maylene. I don't know if you know those folks, um, yep. but uh, I've never been out to do that with them. They, I, I've bagged down on a couple of trips, but um, I want to come out and, uh, and I'd like to put something together for, um, you know, folks, other folks to do it too, not just me. 
So, and you mentioned work ethic before. I don't have the work ethic. I personally, I'm in my 60s, and I never had the work ethic to go out and harvest oysters. I don't think that was in my blood, too. So I have to be honest with listeners and you that I never had that kind of work ethic either. I don't expect you to have to comment on that. I just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just thought I would say that. I, I was it's thinking not, about it as as you were talking, and I thought, well, that's bullshit. It's not a it's not a glamorous job in the wintertime. Yeah. Also, and in the summertime. So is it a we leave is it a lucrative we leave job? The dock at fourth. I mean, do you is it a lucrative job? I'm not asking for your, but do you see yourselves doing really well over the years? Um, I don't. I think it's a lucrative job, but it's a living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's a living, yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's not, it's, it's a nice way for us to be together and family time doesn't have to be time away. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's just fun. You know, it's a, it's a, we pay a living wage for our, for our crew and, uh, um, it's a, it's a really good business. Um, the oysters, you know. I don't know. With with the way things are going with the fuel and stuff like that, it, it's going to be tough. If hopefully the price of fuel will come back down. But we're paying over $5 a gallon for boat fuel. Yeah. What was it we What was it a couple of years ago? Uh, just over three. Yeah. Well, that'll change things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the kid... <laughs> Jake, I I wanted to finish that because, you know, he is a great kid and he's done really well, but he turned around a completely whole different, showed me a whole different side. And now he, he works at the nursery and he's learning the nursery business. He learned the restaurant part of it. Now he's working in the nursery part of it and he's just doing great and carrying a whole bunch of credits at college. Yeah. Well, not only that, he's, so, gaining, he's he's carrying a lot of great experience he could just use in life, right? So yeah. that and, you know, I, I wish I would have learned, had a little bit of a green thumb that I learned in a nursery growing up. Those things are great. Yeah. Well, good. So and he, there is there is still some kids out there with work ethic, yeah. what I'm, my point I'm trying to make. And I'm not saying they're not. I'm just, I'm just asking because I know the labor market is tough, and I have heard from a few folks that it's a little difficult to get people to you know even show up for a job interview that's part of a work ethic too just agreeing to come for a job interview and actually showing up so um well and the the common courtesy to let you know if they're not going to be there. yeah i've heard a lot of that oh isn't that that's sweet can you take a picture of that and send that picture of me so i have that one digitally good is that okay type of picture we have another family one too that's going to be the uh thumbnail that we'll use for the uh for this podcast i really appreciate it i'm glad you know uh it's a portland food podcast but i believe that the other areas of the state the central part of the state and the coast is a big part of the Portland and Oregon experience. So I'm glad to be able to share it and encourage people to come out and visit um, you, folks like you. You can explain that the farm is in the background of the picture too. Right. And I can also explain that we're speaking on a crazy windy day and you can hear it in your end. <laughs> yeah. 
There, can you? Oh. Yeah, you need some insulation work going on there. I can hear some whistling going on. A little bit. It's not loud. It's not bad. But if you, anybody who's aware of it, if they listened, they would hear the. Well, earlier we were in Tamara's office. Now we're in my office. So now, you know, my office doesn't change much from that bay to this one. Well, and I have no idea it's whether it's, it's the difference between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. But the transmission is 100% better right now. So thank, thank you for bearing it, with this. I really appreciate it because it wasn't. A, it was on our end, Chris. Oh, okay. I figured out what I was wasn't going to admit it. Yeah, it I just wanted you end. to keep thinking it was on your end. Well, you know, when we used to do the podcast in the studio, we never had any issues. So, um, yeah. but it's. Uh, uh, this is 2022, and uh, we've gone through a couple of years of un the unexpected, and we just deal with it. So I really appreciate your uh, agreeing to come back a few hours later and give this another whirl on your day off. Um, I I I'll figure out something I can do to, to make up for the, the time that you put in. <laughs> and you guys didn't know me either. I came in and sat down and eat and said, hey, would you like to be on this podcast? And, you know, everybody's got a podcast now. So you had no idea what you were getting into here. But well, what was my first thing? Pardon me? What was the first thing I said yeah, to you? Yeah, exactly. You thought it was, I think you. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't think you said no. But it was it you who said I thought a podcast was something to do with fishing? So um, maybe that might have been Justin Justin Crump. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it has had something to do with fishing, I guess. But thank you both so much for coming on. I thank appreciate you. it. Um, just uh, quickly, why don't you do an overview on exactly where you are, address, and spelling, and website, and Instagram, and all that stuff. Are you gonna do that? <laughs> I had a feeling you that was a lot more. I had a feeling that was going to Tamra. <laughs> So we are a few miles south of Tillamook on South Prairie Road, 6760 South Prairie Road, um, just past the South Prairie store, cute little store that's busy all the time. Um, there is a billboard to point you in the right direction. It's not a large one, but it is at the turn. And um, Jandy Oyster at uh, jandyoyster.com. Is the web page for overall. Mm -hmm. We built out jandyacres.net as a web page for the garden and event center, and, and we'll pull the two together. But um, we're trying to help navigate our customers who are loyal to the garden and to loyal to J Jandy and, and kind of bring them together. So there's still some questions on whether the garden is going to be there, and it will be. So. I'm glad to hear that because I was a Hidden Acres fan. That's where I went for nice. all my plants that are out of my deck and and always enjoyed the experience so now i have more reason to do it so in in a nutshell basically you go into tillamook you go south go past the airport and the museum which is you can't miss that and it's prairie road south prairie road is about a mile or so past that on the left it's the big left and there's a little gas station and convenience store there and, the, and if you don't see one in another couple of miles turn back because that was it and it's right it's, if you get to the rest stop you went too far yes yep. exactly and i love that I, you know what i i have a dog and i love that rest stop too the little the river that goes right there and the mossy trees it's a beautiful thing. So um, good reasons to go south to where you are. Um, thanks. I'll see you soon. I appreciate it. Thank and you. I'll, we'll send you all the information you need to share this with everybody you love in Tillamook County. And George Strait. 
Pardon me? <laughs> and George Strait. George Strait? Yeah, we need him to come sing for the Grand Oh, jo- that George Strait. I thought there was yeah. I thought there was like a Strait of George that I was missing. <laughs> did you hear not, that? That's not, my mu- that's not my music. So. Oh, we, are we tell hey, did we tell you about the Grand Opening? No. It's March 19th. Oh, well, I'll tell you what we will do. What do you mean a Grand Opening? It's been open. No, it's a, that was a soft opening. We just want to see if we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> Before we embarrassed ourselves. All right. Well, that'll that'll appear at the end of this podcast. But I will do my best to to make note and mention it before we get into in the in the little intro that Court and I do. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at Right at the Fork dot com. 